Hi, this is Kathy from the So Weird Podcast. I wanted to put this uh, little snippet in before the episode starts just to let everyone know that this interview was recorded last year, February of 2023. I've had a lot of um, life transitions, so I just didn't get around to fully editing it. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to put that in there first and hope you enjoy. Hello. And welcome once again to the So Weird Podcast. I'm Jimmy. I'm Kathy. I'm Zach. And I'm Melissa. And today we have a really special treat for you that has literally been years in the making. She started as a disciplined dancer and became an awards-winning and nominated performer who designed most of her iconic outfits herself. She was nominated as Most Promising Female Vocalist for a 1985 Caspi Award and for Most Promising Female Vocalist of the Year against the likes of Vanity and Katie Lang at the 1985 Juno Awards for her hit single, What About Me, from her now iconic record, Electric Splash. She's a voice, television, and film actress. She's acted with some of the most prominent actors of our entire generation. And we all know her as Molly Phillips band manager Irene Bell from Disney's So Weird. Please join us in extending a very warm welcome to longtime friend of our show, the OG 80s pop princess herself, the bright, the beautiful, the original, Belinda Metz. Oh my God, why do I love Jimmy? Like, <laughs> I asked myself the same question. Literally love Jimmy. And I'm so happy mm. to meet everybody. And that was just like, wow. Like, oh, I'm a very good cook and I do really good floors too. Like, <laughs> that part. Right. That so, part. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's funny. We all look at our lives. We're so busy going on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it's today, because I, I do a lot of meditations and, uh, and all that. And today I was like going, you know, this vibe came up in me and I was so looking forward because you're right. I, you know, Jimmy, it's like, I wanted to do this for so long. And the reason that I couldn't do it was that I had come through a journey of some pretty immense and dense uh, grieving, which like I said, a lot of us have. And then you know, what happened around the world and all that stuff coupled with it. I wanted to make sure like, to, I feel like it's just this right timing today. I can feel it in my whole being. And, you know, we're so busy, go, go, go the next, the next. And as I was getting ready today, all of a sudden, all this flooding of so weird was coming over me. I was, I was going, mm -hmm. oh my God, like, okay, the trailers and the, this and the funny stuff and so many funny things on set I actually I was quite misbehaved to tell you the truth because I <laughs> I lived for bloopers to the point that sometimes Mac would look at me and she'd give me like one of those looks going if you do a blooper here I'm gonna I'm gonna get you right so, yeah you, the, the first question we always have on here is um how did you become interested in performing well Zach I ran away from home. No, well, no, you know, um, <laughs> I actually had a, a beautiful aunt that was a cabaret artist in Berlin. Uh, Tante Wanda was her name. And of course, my beloved mom and dad, uh, my mom's name is Maria and Mary, and my dad's name is Harry. Um, there was always like dancing and singing and cooking and yelling, you know, past the salt. And of course, I 
you know how you over the years you have to heal your inner child for many for many things I was always playing like drawing and singing and dancing and I did things like when I would go to school I would finish my work really really fast and I don't know if it was ADHD or whatever it was but if one, once I was done I'd leave school and my mom would be like what are you doing at home I'm like well I'm done so can I put the music on, right? So I started, you know, we like I said, mom and dad are, were amazing dancers. So I was always dancing. Like my dad made me my basement and I had my, I was down there for hours singing and dancing. And then I got a little splicing machine, you know, to put songs together. And my, my Oma, um, Olga Ludovica Weinreich, what a name. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, like many of our families, I mean, right, she came through a lot of horrible things from the past and, and the war and immigrating here and this and that. But she would say to my mom, what is she doing down there? Like, what? Why is she down in the basement for seven hours? But I was just, I'm just a creative soul, right? So I asked my mom and dad when I was only 13. Um, I was training in dance, you know, tap, jazz, ballet. I loved Spanish. Um, if I could go to Toronto to train and they looked at me like we were at a table. My mom was there. My dad was there. And I said, yeah, I want to go to Toronto and train. And they're just like, what do you mean? Like, you want to leave home? I went, yeah, I could live with a family. It's going to be okay. And my mom was like, yeah, no. <laughs> and, and my dad, of course, He's, my dad was very, very, very funny, but he was the type of funny that would, he would laugh at his own funniness before we all got a chance to, but he kicked my mom, okay, because we're going to take this to so weird. He kicked my mom under the table, like, you know, like, why are you saying that? And he said, I think it would be great for you to go and train. And my mother's like looking at him. So I think all that stuff that I was always taking in, of course, but I remember that moment. And then I went to Toronto. I started to dance uh, training probably 40, 45 hours a week. And my dream was to tell you the truth, to go to Broadway. I was like, I want to be on Broadway, da, da, da. Long story short, um, I'm very tall. I'm five foot nine. And then with cowboy boots on, you know, five, well, five, 10 actually. And back then, like curvaceous, tall gals were just like, it was like, you didn't, you didn't get gigs or it was weird. There was so mm -hmm. much, weird, so weird. Right. And, <laughs> uh, and I auditioned for this show and add the beautiful Anne Reinking, God bless her. I, I can't believe she passed so soon. She was on the show. Karen Kane was on the show, Jeff Hislop. Um, it was his show. And so I thought, I'm going to try out. And I was 19. And uh, even though I'm like 22 today. And, um, um, you know, there was like all the dancers were about five, six, five, 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 seven, you know, so I tried out for it. And then I didn't hear anything. Right. And then I ended up asking Jeff, like, you know, did I get it? So I got that gig. It was kind of shocking because like I said, and then with heels, I mean, I was like towering. Right. But I met Anne Ryan King and it changed something for me. I remember that day she walked in and she was very beautiful, curvaceous and voluptuous. And of course there was a lot of shame stuff back then with body shaming, which I can't, I cannot 
stand of any mm -hmm. sort, right? And all the dancers are like, oh my God, like, and me, I was just like, I think she's so awesome. So she had said to me then, I would like you to come to New York to meet Bob. And I was like, Bob, as in Bob Fosse. And, but at that time I was in an all girls band, which was awesome. And I was the baby in the band and we had like 12 musicians and we were going to all these really small clubs. But um, then I met a, this manager and he said, have you ever thought of uh, recording? And I'm like, well, what's that? So I ended up changing my course and I started to record at 19 years old, but I always was writing as a kid, right? So then I met my um, guitar co-writer who was my co-writer for 14 years, uh, Bob Bartolucci. And him and I started writing and I did my first album and uh, oh my God, there's so much in that, which I won't get into. So I started that, then I went on the road. Then I just kept segueing and I was, I did my first album. I, I, I mean, I had no experience with it. I, I'm glad I had Bob by my side because it was a rough business for a gal. It was a really rough business. Um, there's a lot of things I survived. Um, I wasn't into the drug scene. There was a lot of, there was a lot of that, you know, and um, he kind of was protecting me on the road. Do you know what I mean? Because there was some really hairy, binary situations. And then during that time, I thought, oh, wait a minute, I can talk. Wait a minute, if you talk, you get paid to talk. And I want to do acting. And I was like, wait a minute, you get do you get a check to talk? That's awesome, right? So I did my first film um, for Charlie Grant's War, which was very special. And then I discovered in the middle part of my 20s, uh, voiceover, which I love and adore voiceover because, um, you know, it's an ex like, thank God, I thank God, literally thank God I, I was given a, a voice. And it's great because not that I don't want people to see me, but I am, believe it or not, not with you guys, but I am actually very, very, very shy. And, and people are like, yeah, no, you're not. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I actually, there's a whole deep soul in me. And so I found out that, wait a minute, you can do voiceover like commercials, documentaries, and then you can expand to animated series and things like that, which is very hard to get into, very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so I called my guitarist. I said, Bob, um, you need to get to the studio. And I wrote a, I wrote a reel and he goes, a reel for what? I said, I wrote a bunch of commercials. And he's like, what? So I got on the subway, you know, this is, that's the part of working, like just doing it, you know? And then I recorded the reel that night, voiceover reel. We laid in the music. Um, yes, I'm a writer. Yeah, I did all the copyright and it was like, you know, like, uh, we did all kinds of funny voices and then I gave it to an agent the next day. And back then, unlike now, um, you know, you would have to press 350 of those copies. And so she just goes, so she sent them out the next day. She sent 350 copies to all these ad agencies and all this stuff. So I started my first gig in voiceover and I've never looked back. I love it so much. 
And um, I think my first one was Qtex. Um, Qtex now in living colors. The animated series part of it is phenomenal. It's a tough, it's a tough area to travel into, but once you're in it, it's pretty incredible, right? So, so that's I did that, and then just to kind of button this with the acting, you know, um, I had to learn as I went, there's a, there's a fellow that came on So Weird, Garwin Sanford. He's an incredible, talented, I love and adore Garwin um, as much as I love uh, the other Mac, as in Mac, uh, not Mac, my Molly Mac, but the other Mac that guest starred on our show. But Garwin came on the show and him and I did um, a series many years ago where I played a rock star and what's really ironic is i have played every single singer that there is opera jazz country uh heavy metal like you name it like every single kind and we laughed so hard because we looked back on it because him and i used to act too much with our hands like ah, 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 right and we were like we were learning, but we were getting kind of paid to learn, right? <laughs> and so when he came on So Weird, there was one day where he was on the bus with Mac because he had this kind of love thing with Mac and love with Molly. And I mean, I love him, like as in love him as a human being. And so just when they were doing a scene and Mac didn't know anything about the hand thing, I walked into the scene and I was going, so Garwin, so, but I, no, I didn't say Garwin. I said, I was using his character and I went, well, I don't really know what we're doing. <laughs> la, 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 la. And like the director is going, okay, cut. What the heck is going on? Right? <laughs> so, you know, I learned in acting, right? And of course, in our lives, like, like your life, Melissa, your life, Zach, Jimmy, Kathy, we've all experience things some very tragic some happy some awful and so i i used to many times through the depths of grieving go like why you know you ask yourself why is this happening so you have to it i'm grateful that there's a some place to transmute that into creativity right that's why we all love shows like i'm a fan mm -hmm. of many shows too right and you want to transmute those experiences in life right so um i just kept you know kept doing more acting and more acting my second album i mean jimmy knows about this electric splash uh, that was a big deal because i got signed by AM and then i got signed by uh, bmg ariel in germany the issue was though, and I mean, that's why I think I make a great manager is that my manager then, and I don't, I'm okay with this going on air. I mean, he was all right. He was all right at the beginning, but man, he missed so many things. And so that's why I don't believe in ageism. So like if someone says, oh, well, you're an, you're a young artist. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, actually you do. You, you you know, it, it's a collaboration and there's a lot of decisions that were made around me that really affected my career in not a good way. And, 
you know, um, you learn from that, you cry from it. For me, honestly, it was, and it still is, it was always about creating and sharing and coming together with people. And yeah, what was great was I was going, wow, like I get paid for this. I'm so grateful and like, oh my God. And, you know, like when I have my daughter, I can raise her. Like, I mean, I'm very grateful for that. But, you know, it's not, it's not without pain and it's not without some stuff that you got to survive in it. Right. So when my second album, there was a lot of weird stuff that happened around that. I went on tour, things are happening. And it was the first time in my life that I got an entertainment lawyer and I never had anyone taking good care of me. And I just said, I had just signed Spamanti Bambino, which was this huge on-camera commercial. I never got paid that kind of stuff. I was so excited. And I knew I didn't want to be with this manager anymore because he made a lot of mistakes and it was heartbreaking. So I met this entertainment lawyer who's to, the, to this day is still my dearest friend. And of course, Jimmy knows the other fellow that's been a mentor, I get emotional. <clears throat> Uh, he's been a great mentor in my life and he's been there for me so many times as Stephen Stone. So him and his wife, they started, they, they did Degrassi High, right? And Stephen and Linda are the ones that discovered Drake uh, as in Aubrey, who I met when he was 15. He's a sweetheart. So, you know, then, then Stephen Stone was there for me. So I had people on my side and to end this part of this story is that day this here I was, you know, this this artist just working and I was sitting on the desk and the lawyer, uh, his, his name was Stephen too, uh, Stephen Ehrlich, a different Stephen, but two Stevens. And he was on the phone with the manager. Now uh, this has, this relates to using it in acting and using it in a show. And he says to this manager, who's like going, oh, you, I'm gonna take you guys to court. Like he's like yelling on the other line. And Stephen was really grounded and he just goes, uh, listen, uh, how many houses do you own? And you could hear the voice on the other end going, what? Like, Rawr! and he goes, I'm just asking you a question. I just want to know how many houses you own. <laughs> oh, you own four. Good. So my client's still renting. So it seems to be that you've been doing quite well by her. And that was the moment that we never heard from him again. And wow. so, yeah. I'm, I, I swear it on my life, like it's a true story on my life. And I sat there and the tears went down my cheek. And I said to Stephen, like, wow, so he's not going to, he says, yeah, you'll never hear from that guy again. He's not going to, he's not. And so in that moment, because Electric Splash, just to give a little tidbit here, because Jimmy knows this. The single What About Me was like top 10. It was, it was like shooting up to the sky in uh, Europe. I mean, I was touring and we had like MTV and much music then. And I mean, things were happening and I was just working, working, working. And then the company, the record company I was with, they pulled the plug, not because of me, there was some strange things that went on. So if you have a good manager or somebody on your side, they would step up for you, right? And um, I, I saw, a lot managerial so it's perfectly it makes sense that i play a music manager right, You're right. so fast forward in that moment because i was heartbroken because i worked 
so from my heart on electric splash all those songs we wrote and like you know launching i mean if i would have had the two stevens at the very beginning of it or um interestingly enough the um the manager actually of katie lang wanted to sign me um he was a great guy if i would have had that it would have been a different story right and i would have continued acting but that album would have just went boom right so you know you know you never know in life right you think you got it everything and everything's happening and then a plug gets pulled you can either go into rough areas which you know compassionately some people do it could be drugs booze like or you close the door and nobody sees you again and like we all have our things that we travel through so i'm a i have a lot of compassion for that i don't like when people judge you know when someone's going through a tough time right so that's when i started to do more and more acting i was oh i was teaching a lot i was doing these master classes these dance classes a bunch of my friends said you know we want to dance and i said okay i'm going to start teaching groove classes and it's for people that just want to dance every kind of body every kind of person love is love is love is love is love you all come to my classes and we are gonna get it on <laughs> and i saw people it helped my self-esteem but i saw it help their self-esteem and we would be dancing like for four to five hours so i then after all the master classes i taught I had a terrible car accident one day going to the studio. So that really derailed certain things. I had to do a lot of recovery from that. But then I just um, went more and more and more and more in acting. And how I segued over to So Weird was I got a film in, we filmed in Copenhagen and I played a KGB special agent. And again, I auditioned I didn't hear anything. Many times you didn't hear anything. And um, one day my agent called me and she said, um, you're going to have to fly to New York and you're going to Copenhagen. And I was just like, what are you talking about? She goes, do you have a passport? And I went, uh, yeah. She goes, okay, well, you're going, you're going to do a press release. And I went, for what? She goes, <clears throat> I don't know. You did some kind of audition four months ago for this film in Copenhagen and like I was like oh yeah and again never make assumptions in life I was like oh yeah right press release like whatever it's probably going to be like one person okay so I get my passport I get to LaGuardia you know I, I meet the producer he's takes some sleeping pill he says you know see you in Copenhagen I get to Copenhagen and this is what really turned me more and more and more they picked me up the next day to go to a press release and I've got this cool outfit on and they bring up this sob and I'm like, we're coming over the, you know, this hill and I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to meet with two people. And all of a sudden there's like, I never did anything like that. Is it like, there's like massive press. It was like wall. It was like the red carpet, like boom, press journalists. And I'm just going, Oh my God, I put my glasses on, you know, I'm like, Oh my God. And it was in that moment that um, I ended up doing, I was like, they thought the other gal that auditioned for it was going to be my role, but she couldn't make it. <laughs> 
she was like, she couldn't make, so I became the KGB and that, and then I, I lived in Copenhagen for like, uh, we shot for about two, maybe two or three months. And then I went to Berlin because I always wanted to see Berlin uh, just for like a, you know, holiday. And I wanted to see where my aunt, who was a cabaret artist, you know, where she was, I wanted to see Berlin. And there was no cell phones back then. And like my agent was, calls my mom and dad in Edmonton saying, where is Belinda? Like what, we're trying to get a hold of her. And so I called her and I wanted to move to Europe again, course correction, because I speak a second language and I thought, oh, I want to work in Germany and I want to work like in England and all this. And my agent said, you need to get, excuse my language, you need to get your ass back to Canada because you've just been hired um, on a show called Kung Fu. And I'm like, Kung Fu? She goes, yeah, you didn't audition for it again. You didn't audition for it and you're like, booked and I went what am I playing a detective so I came back and then I played a detective and then that character got offed on the show and I was like wait a minute why can't you like it's television why can't you bring me back as a twin sister so then they brought me back right I'm like wait a minute like anything can happen um and I need a job and I gotta pay like my rent and I gotta eat and so like you could bring me back as a twin sister honestly but um so then I got brought back as the twin sister as detective Jody Powell. And then there was four seasons right there. And then I was a brand new single mama. I was still recording and writing a lot of music because I've never made the album that I've wanted in my career and in my life. And then Kung Fu wrapped and that was devastating because it was an incredible show. And then it got wrapped. And I was a brand new single mama and my good friend, Stephen Stone, they were doing Degrassi at that time. And he offered me, and I couldn't believe it, him and Linda, his, his wife, and all obviously the producer of Degrassi, amazing people, offered me my own show. I never in my life, I was like, it was this small show that could and I was in a very difficult personal situation at that time I was so exhausted brand new mummy um if it was who I am now of course I go yeah because that's such a gift and a rarity and Stephen was like you know not only will it be acting we'll get you to write music on the show and then I sat <clears throat> sorry I sat with him and I just cried and I said, I'm so exhausted and I won't get into this part of it, but I, I wasn't a very, very, very um, kind of scary, difficult personal situation that uh, the most important thing to me was my daughter and me. So he understood and I made the hardest decision ever and that was to leave Toronto because again, you look back on that and think, what if I would have done that show, right? But then I came out here to the West Coast and I never really wanted to stay in Vancouver. Like I was going to move to California, but I was wanted to be close to mom and dad for me and my daughter. That was really important to me, right? And I mean, Vancouver of the West Coast, I mean, it's just, it was not, it was busy then, not as like, it was busy then, now it's, busier and 
Then I met a gentleman called Larry Sugar. At first, when I was with my daughter, Amelia, who goes by Mia, uh, uh, I was brand new mommy here. And, you know, yeah, my mom and dad were one province over, but I was auditioning for show after show after show. And admittedly so, because I'm a worker bee, I didn't really know how to audition. And... I had to get together with a friend of mine, Garwin Sanford, who guest starred on So Weird. And I said, because I was working all the time, right? I mean, I from the moment I, I turned, per, I mean, I trained, I turned professional when I was 18 and I just kept going, right? And I was on Kung Fu for four seasons, so I wasn't really auditioning for other stuff, right? And I was, okay, my, I'm, I'm going to tell you, my shyness kicked in and I was just like, I got to go in the rooms and like meet producers and directors. Like, you know, can't we just like do the, can't we just do the work? And Garwin's like, well, you got to audition, you know, because they're not, they're not hiring you right away. So I had to learn how to audition again. And, and it was Garwin. I have to thank Garwin, uh, who we ended up doing a television show together before So Weird that actually helped me. And the day I walked in, and, I, and here was the moment of so weird. I auditioned for a show, it, a very well-known show in Canada, uh, but you can see it worldwide now called Da Vinci's Inquest. I don't know if any of you know that show, but it's phenomenal. And uh, Chris Haddock was the writer and producer, brilliant, talented person. I auditioned for it. But every time I was auditioning for stuff, I'd get the call back and then I wouldn't book it. And I was like, oh, my God, I got to raise my daughter. I mean, what am I going to do? And like, yeah, I was doing voiceover and this and that. But, you know, as a freelance, mm -hmm. you know, like riding the wave, right? So in that moment, I was starting to get like, oh, I get a call back. I get a call back, blah, 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 you know, but then I don't book it. So I, I, I read for Da Vinci's and then shortly after I read for, I was just about to read for So Weird and, and here's what happened. They flew me to Toronto for a screen test and I was on camera with Nicholas because I was supposed to play the coroner. And in the storyline, we were supposed to be divorced. So everybody greenlit me except one woman at CBC. I won't tell you her name. And I came back and I come to the agency who's repping me and they tell me there's flowers for me. And there was a note there from Chris Haddock, like what an incredible thing to do. But he goes, you got greenlit by everybody, but there's one woman from the network that didn't green light, light and he says, I need her to green light you. That green light means right to get the gig because they're paying our bills. And I said, you know, why didn't I? She says, and, he, and Chris said, because she didn't believe that you and Nicholas would ever get divorced. I'm like, he said, he, she actually said to Chris, those two have such an incredible chemistry together. I'm like, I can be divorced. I can be divorced. Uh, I, I can be meaner, right? Like, please, no, no. And then I didn't get the gig. And I, I never forget that day because I was driving in Vancouver. 
Uh, Mia was, I think, at a, um, uh, a daycare or something, or she was something with a play date or something. I was by myself. I was in my vehicle and I'd made a wrong turn and a police officer, I'm not kidding, stopped me. And I'm like, <gasps> and rolled down the window. Like, <gasps> and he's like, um, are you, are you okay? And I went, no, I'm not. I didn't get the job and I didn't get the other job and I didn't get the other job. And I have a little daughter. And I seriously, like without exact, I was so distraught. And he just goes, um, what job? I said, well, I, I, I do these kind of shows and this and that, but I don't have a job and, and I don't, why? And then I go, why did you stop me? And he goes, well, you, you went, you, you actually, you're not supposed to turn here. And he says, and I have to give you a $200 ticket. And I went, $200? And he goes, I'm not going to give you the ticket. Yeah. And he goes, but here's what you got to do. You got to go home and never forget this. He goes, you got to hold on to your daughter. True story. And he goes, and you got to pray for the miracles. Because you know what? You never know. And I went, so you're not going to give me a ticket? He goes, no. But he says, you need to drive home right now. And I mean, I was a mess. I did what he said. And then I swear it. About 10 days later, my agent calls me and says, you have an audition for this show called So Weird. And I'm like, I admit, I kind of got a bit of, it was a little bit stinky thinking. And I went, okay, well, I'll audition for it. But, you know, like I didn't get that one. But so... I pulled my socks up and I read the character and I thought she was like, you know, really funny. And I went, well, this character is just like, I, I think like, it's just me. It's just me and a music manager. So here's what happened. I walk in and of course, like there's like all these like people there and there's Larry Sugar and Larry, I mean, God bless Larry. Cause he was always um, a front runner for me. And so and I did the audition. I even, I, somewhere in one of my boxes, I still have the original audition because I remember writing on there, I booked the job. And um, it's emotional. And um, I finished it. And so visualize me, I'm sitting on the chair, right? So I'm sitting on the chair and here's Larry, kind of like right here. Here's the casting person here. Uh, here's the other person. Um, I believe it was Stuart, Stuart at the time, Stuart Aikens. Anyways, here, they're right, they're right here. And I'm sitting there and here's Larry. And he's so funny. He's, he's talking to them. He goes, well, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's got this, 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 and this like, and right in the room and I'm sitting there, sitting there. And he goes, and all of a sudden they go, you know, she looks a lot like Deborah Winger and uh, she's got a bit of that Meg Ryan thing. And, and there, and, you know, I wonder what's Meg Ryan doing these days? And I swear to God. And then, and then Larry goes, you know, I wonder what, you know, Deborah Winger is doing these days. And all of a sudden I went like this. I went, I'm available. Uh, <laughs> right. And Larry goes, he looks at me. I go, you don't have to hire Deborah Winger or Meg Ryan. I mean, they're very nice people. Like I remember saying that he goes, and he, he laughed and he just goes, he said, well, what are you saying? I said, well, instead of like giving me one of those callbacks, why can't you just hire me right now? And he laughed so hard because I was just, you know, like Garwin said, 
it's your room. Just be who you are. Just be Belinda, Belinda Marie. Just do be who you are down to earth. And if they, if they resonate with you as a human being, they do. If they don't, they don't. That's how it goes in life, right? They, they go, oh, we like your hair. Cause there's a lot of that too. Apples and oranges. Well, he laughed. That was that didn't hear anything. And then they have to take it to network to Disney. They got to take it to, and Henry Winkler, beloved Henry, he was part of the decision-making because he was my, became my boss. Um, so there was all these decision-making, right? But I didn't hear, I didn't hear, didn't hear. And I thought, you know, it's done. Like, I, I guess, you know, and I remember calling my agent going, you know, is there not a callback? And he says, well, they're going to bring you in for like a screen test, I think. And, but we haven't heard anything. So, you know, don't, and he would, my, my agent was like, you know, don't count on it. And I'm just like, eh. finally, they brought me in. And of course, you know, Disney liked you looking good. That's, it was very, you had to be impeccable, right? So looking good, you know, and I thought, okay, well, how would I be as a manager? So I had my suede jacket, cowboy boots, boom, boom, boom. You know, you never know. So I did the screen test and still didn't hear anything. And then I got the phone call. I remember that day. And my agent, like, he was very, like, he was very, like, oh, okay, you booked the show, blah, blah, blah. Like, he was, he was very funny. He goes, so, uh, hi. Yeah, okay, so you've got this audition. You're going to be here. You blah, blah, blah. Like, it was like that, right? And that day he said, hi. And I went, why are you talking to me like that? And he goes, so uh, you booked so weird. And I went, what? And I was like, I, I, I literally, I hung up the phone because he had to call me back because he had thought I fainted. And I literally was on the ground crying, literally on, I, I, even though the room in my place and little Mia, my daughter comes running and she goes, mom, what's wrong? Well, mommy, mommy. And I'm like, oh my God. And then my agent calls me back and said, I can't talk to you now. He goes, oh my God. He goes, I got to talk to you. I hung up and I called my mom and dad. And I called mom and dad and I said, mom and dad, I booked a job. I'm going to take care of Mia, Mia and me. It's going to be okay. I can't believe it. And now I have to call my agent. I got to go click. <laughs> and then I call my agent. And that's how we started the show, you wow. know? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, first off, I just want to confirm the movie you shot in Copenhagen. Was that Walter and Carlo in America? Yeah. Oh my God, Zach, you're, you're right. That's what it was. Okay. And, yeah. I, I like to dig into people's IMDb page and find weird stuff. And something weird I found on yours, I have to ask you about this, is according oh. to your, your IMDb profile, yeah. You won Miss Oktoberfest in 1977. I'm going to take a sip of tea. Hold on. Oh, my God, Zach. <laughs> yes, Zach. You found, <laughs> yes, yes, Zach. You, you found right. Um, hold on. Oh, you know what I dropped? Look at It's Henry and me. Oh, oh from the Boo episode. So cool. I know. I'll, well, I'll, I'll show you that in a bit. Uh, now that you found out. I'm in Edmonton, my, you know, my hometown where I was born, even though I'm a world citizen. And there was a little, little um, thing called Oktoberfest. And my mom, uh, she comes from uh, Vienna 
and she's Czech and Yugoslavian. And then on the other side, you know, my dad was from Gdansk and, um, and then there's, like, there's German and then there's like Jewish and then there's this and that. So a whole mixture of stuff. So they had this little Oktoberfest and I went, I want to go in that and I can sing and dance and huh, am I going to make any money? And I was literally 17 and it was at the Austrian club. And I mean, I'm no pageant girl. I seriously am not a pageant girl and nothing against pageant girls. Uh, but, and my mom and dad were not like, like what you, like what all of us were talking about before. My mom and dad were not like, um, you know, it's interesting. I'm not a momager to my daughter. I never was. I always wanted her to carve her own path. But, you know, there's parents out there that are like obsessed and they live through their kids and like, good job. And, you know, and like do this. And like, it was not like that. My mom and dad were like, okay, well, if this is what you want to do. So I, 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 I did the pageant in Edmonton and then I won. And then I got a, like a $150 check and and like, uh, and then my, uh, my mom, we spent $150 on a nice dress <laughs> and like a really nice outfit. And like, I was so proud. And, and then they said, you have to fly to Kitchener, Ontario, which is out East, right? Like out East in Canada. And you are going to now enter the North American Oktoberfest. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, all right. Like, and I thought it was going to be like, you know, singing and dancing, but all I wanted to do, I had never uh, performed with a microphone live on a television show. Cause that was all I wanted to do. Right. Like long story short, I get there. We did the pageant. I got to sing cabaret. I was so excited. So they walked us out five of us. And one gal walked out and they sprayed her with water to represent that she just came out of a pool. And I was like, oh, okay, right. And then I, I won the talent portion for, uh, for singing. And I was like, oh, and I won diamond earrings and I was so excited. And then we had to do like bathing suits when, and they don't do what they do now. It wasn't like badunk badunka. It was like, you know, one piece, you know, one piece, Spandex pink outfits, right? And like I was trying to walk like a pageant gal, okay? I'm like, and like I was always getting like um, in trouble because I walk like a penguin because of all my classical training. My, because I did classical training as a as a ballet dancer, right? And they're like, you walk like a penguin. You're not walking like a model. I'm like, okay. So I was like, you know, you're. The end of the story goes. We come to the pageant, and you know how they do like. And uh, runner up, uh, not, um, so here we are standing on stage, you know, it's televised, uh, blah, blah, blah. And they said, and the new Miss North American Oktoberfest, la, 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 is Belinda Metz. And Miss, <laughs> Miss California, she took my hand and went, boof, and she walked the other way. And I'm like, <laughs> but they put this big crown on me. Then they put this, like, like roses and they go and I, I was like dumbfounded I didn't even know what just happened and then I did the rest of North American Oktoberfest and then they went oh no she's underage and she's got to go into all these alcoholic places and I'm like I'm like yeah well yeah, I don't drink I'm like right and that's how it happened it was like a, it was like unreal I was like and then I had to return 
it was a big deal to crown the next Miss North American Oktoberfest. And then they said, to end this, they said, okay, now you're going to go do Miss Canada. Then you're doing Miss World. I went, eh, no, 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 no. I, I want to go do records and I want to go perform. I'm not doing any more of these pageants. I'm not dead. No. And it was just like, I mean, it was intense. But yes, I did that. <laughs> wow. Well, um, before we move on, I, I do just want to mention if you know anything about this, um, it, it's well known in the, the so weird backstory that uh, you were actually the second actress to play Irene, that um, somebody else played her in like an initial pilot or something. And I was just um, wondering if you knew anything about that. She did? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So in So Weird, the first episode, which is Family Reunion, yes. uh, Irene is played by Tara Rothery. I yeah. think that's oh, the actress. Oh my God. I know, I, well, I don't know. I don't know her like personally well, but of course I know Terrell. I, okay. I now remember. And then what happened? And the next episode, you're Irene. <laughs> so. She's on, um, I think she does a stint on, on The Good Doctor now, I think. I think she does like a, as a nurse recurring because she's got the mask on and stuff, right? But um, she's really tiny, 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 tiny. Uh, you know, maybe she went on, maybe she had, I don't know, you know, because that, ha you know what? That's television and film and life for you, right? You know, one day, right? right? It's like um, uh, maybe she had another gig. Maybe somebody at Disney went, yeah, no, because that happens. I mean, well, I know like sometimes they talk about website was actually supposed to be the first episode. Yeah. The one that you, you start on the next one. Um, so I don't know if the it was like an old pilot or something where they did family re reunion. Um but yeah, that's always something people notice and they're like, what happened? There's one Irene and then the next episode, there's another Irene. <laughs> uh, and you know, who knows, who knows what happened? Working, um, you know, sometimes there's so many um, variables, right? It's life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, me, I, I would have to really think why that happened because um, I've met Terrell a few times throughout the years and um we've read for a few things that are like will will come in at the same time but obviously we're very very different and she has her gifts and her look and like i said you know it's like i i would always say to jimmy like like it's apples and oranges sometimes they kind of go well we like her look or there's a vibe right you don't know mm -hmm. one, right because i remember like our loving squatch dave who i love and adore he's one of my favorite people um, he's, he's really tall and he's a big fella and we just kind of, we just kind of had a thing like this, um, funny chemistry. Yeah. And you know, it's like, remember when I said to you guys at the top of this, where I said, like my dad kicked my mom under the table and I, there was a quirkiness that my mom and dad had together. I actually utilized that with Squatch and I. We had this, we had this really kind of love that we showed for each other on camera, but there was like, sometimes Irene was just like, 
what are you doing? Like, right? <laughs> and that was my that was my mom and dad. I brought that all into this character. Uh, there was a, a, a show that we shot. You guys have to tell me now what it was, which episode. It was shot up in the mine, in the mines. Like we have the mines up here in Squamish. And it's all these like mining, like a mining village, right? And we were supposed to go up there and we're supposed to go fishing. And Irene was like, I don't do fishing. I don't do camping, right? And then they were like, yeah, you're going to do fishing. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not doing none of that. Right? <laughs> and then I kept saying to John Cooksey, who I loved. and I mean, John and I, we got along like this. Uh, um, his then uh, wife, obviously. I like, I literally love and adore her. So we got along really, really well. She was more serious at that time. But like, I would always be like throwing ideas to John and, and he'd be like looking at me and go, so let me get this right. You don't want to do the fishing. And I kept saying to John, do we really like, do we really have to do that? And he goes, it's in the script. Like I wrote this. I went, well, like she doesn't really, Irene doesn't want to do this. She She's a manager. She wants to take care of Molly. She wants to, you know, she's got her kids. So I took a little bit of artistic liberty and I mean, they'll still, they could still say no. So, okay. And, and you'll remember the scene when you go back and watch it. We go to shoot this, that day along, it was long pages of the scene. And we were all freezing our butts off, you know, whatever. Like, and so <laughs> we go do the scene that day, right? Here's, here's Irene. And I, and I had my, I'm going to take my hoodie off because I have a lot of hair, but we had, I had my hair, I decided to put it up like really high, which makes no sense when it's like rain, raining outside and, uh, you know, and like she's looking all cute and everything. And I've got like a trench coat on. So John had a funny feeling. He looked at me. They were in Video Village, him and Allie and like all producers and everybody, right? And they're like, you know, it's raining and they're like action and, and they're, they're, they're doing rolling and all that stuff. So they take the umbrellas away and then they roll action. But when I walked away from Video Village, John gave me one of his looks like, what are you up to? I went, nothing. I just, I'll do, I'll do the script and I just don't like camping. Like I like to be in a cabin. He goes, and he laughed, right? So, but he, I, he got to know me because John started to write my quirks in it, which I, that's what I love about him and Allie is they wrote my, my, you know, my funny goofiness into it. We start the scene and, you know, there's Ned. Oh, well, Irene, you know, we, I, you know, I don't know the exact words, but, you know, we're going to be doing camping and we're going to be doing fishing and we're going to be doing, and he's very serious. And then, right, I rub him and I go, oh, yes, yes, of course. And then all of a sudden, I did. I just lost it. And I just went, ah, what are you doing camping? Ah! <laughs> I, did, I did that all day. Like, mm. ah! And then I go back to him and he's just looking at me going, oh. <laughs> like, and what was great is that he would never say anything. He'd just be like, what just happened? And then you hear from the way back, you hear John going, cut <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes all right 
you made your point. And I went, you're gonna keep it? And he goes, yeah, but here's how I'm gonna get you back. We're gonna do every angle we can on this and you're gonna have to do that over and over, <laughs> over and over again. So it was like, ah, oh, ah, oh. <laughs> and he got me, he got me. And by the end of that day, I was exhausted. And then, you know, I'm leaving set, go to the trailer, you know, I did a self-drive uh, home. And then he sees me, he goes, uh, how you feeling? I went, tired. He goes, yeah, so uh, got any more ideas? I went, I got nothing to say, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that would happen, right? Yeah, I think that was maybe in that simplicity episode. Yeah. Right. Oh. And you're like, well, someone needs to save us or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, respectfully speaking, because it really is, and I, and I'm, I'm not saying this because obviously, I mean, I'm hired on the show, but you know how you hear actors or actresses going, oh, it's the best show. Cause of course they're going to say, but the writing on this show is incredible. And you don't, I'm very respectful because I'm a writer and uh, like I'm a songwriter and I'm a copywriter, you know, and writer. And I, I really respect other people's creativity. Like for me, it's not about my idea. It's about what idea can, can, can explore, like really looks great. But, but there are some writers that get very poncy if you don't do the script, which I get, right? And thankfully, in So Weird, the incredible thing was that the writing was really, really good. And John and Allie and, of course, Henry and everyone that contributed it to it, there was a lot of exploration. And, I mean, Henry, oh, my God, he's Mr. Improvisation. So there was this room for exploring and... You know, I didn't want to be disrespectful to John's writing or Allie's writing, right? I mean, that wasn't the point, right? That episode simplicity turned out to be, I mean, they were all great episodes, but that episode was a phenomenal episode because we had the thing in the bus. Garwin was on that show. Right, yeah, he was on that. I think that was when he first appeared. I think he appeared, yeah, yeah twice. Yeah, and like, and okay, so Mac, you know, it would be, you know, it would be great. I was just thinking of it now because after all these years, it'd be really funny at some point to have Mac and I on together, <laughs> like, like side by side, because we had things back then. I mean, she was going through stuff personally and I had my life. And when we first started creatively, I mean, it was like, it was really, really good. And, you know, sometimes you get funny on set and you, you know, you don't know like anything in life. You know, I always say to my daughter, you don't know what someone is going through. So, you know, like we have to watch and, and nobody's perfect. I'm certainly way far from perfect. You have to watch your reactions to one another because you don't know what they're going through, right? And so we had a lot of laughs though together. And, but that simplicity episode, because Mac, Mac didn't know how much I literally, literally love Garwin. So here's another bit of a backstory. Him and I did a television show called Hamilton's Quest and I played a rock star and I played his wife. 
And we were, we laugh about it because we were like terrible actors. We were like every, like I told you, everything was the hands. So we had history together, right? He was the reason why I relearned how to audition again, right? Mm -hmm. And like, I just love him for that, right? So when he came on set, there was a natural chemistry of him and me. And Mac took, takes me aside. She probably doesn't remember this. And she's like, okay, what is up with you two? Right? And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? She goes, something's going on. And she goes, you know that he has to play my love interest. So it's not going to work if we're in scenes and you're googly eyeing him and I'm supposed to be googly eyeing him. I went, oh my God, am I googly eyeing him? She goes, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like uh, you know, the only thing missing is a saxophone solo over the way you look at him, right? Like it was. <laughs> I actually had to say to him, I can't talk to you in this entire episode. He goes, why? I said, because it's going to, and this is true. It's going to throw Mac off and it's not, it's not fair to her because you guys have to be smoking that chemistry and I don't want to piss her off. And it's not, it's not fair to her creativity and to you two. He goes, so you're, I said, I can't go around you. Like I literally had to stay away from him because we would laugh and, and this and that. And I mean, Mac wasn't mad. It was just like, they needed to build that chemistry, right? So the next questions are actually, they're from Kat, um, who's a host, but she couldn't be here today. She asks, the first one is, what do you think Irene would be up to now? So like 20 or so years later. I cannot believe serendipity synchronization that that question's being asked because when I was getting ready today and of course I'm like makeup and I was <laughs> wash, washing my hair and like getting ready and this and that all of a sudden because when the show got canceled we'll talk about that I was I know like when someone uses the word devastated, it's, it sounds dramatic because you're like, okay, a show got canceled. Like that's not, you know, people going through war is devastation. So, so just bear with me. It's like, uh, I mean, I was really upset because I signed a five-year contract for the show. And for me, what that represented was, because we were on year, <clears throat> year three and, um, I remember because Henry Winkler is the reason why, I mean, of course, the executives at Disney and of course, Larry and so on and so forth and John and Allie, but he's, I get him all He's the reason why I got greenlit and that's politics for you. And it'll go back to, I, I will, I will, I will, I know the question, it'll all come to the, it'll all make sense what I'm saying. Because there was a little bit of protectionist stuff going on, like, oh, well, you're not in the US and you're, you know, you know, and I mean, I believe that there's talent everywhere. And like I said, back to borders, I don't think there should be borders anywhere. I mean, you audition and if you, if you're great at the gig, then you get the gig, right? Right. And, and, and that happens a lot, right? But, um, you know, sometimes the networks are like, well, you know, we don't know if like, you know, we don't, 
like, yeah, they knew that I did Kung Fu and they did this, this, and this, but you know, there's always a hemming and hawing, right? And Henry was the one that went to bat for me. And day one, when we did the first read through, so we did what you call the table read, right? Right, it's mm -hmm. on the table. And, um, and we were all there and I was nervous. Like I was like, I, you know, like I'm just, that's who I am. I'm like, you know, even now, and when I say even now, I mean, I, I can't talk about it. <clears throat> I'm doing an animated show, right? I'm not allowed to say what it is. Cause you know, you sign NDAs, but even now, like any phone call I get, I'm just like, I cry. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's just who I am. I don't, I don't take it for granted right mm -hmm. and I'm always amazed that I get to play and I get to work and like oh thank you thank you thank you so Henry picked up on that and he said to me come over here Miss B he would say come over here Miss B and he was the first person I allowed to call me B <laughs> and he takes me to the corner and he's like shorter right and I'm very tall and he says to me with his big eyes, he says, you need to stop worrying. You've got the gig. And in that moment, I relaxed. My eyes filled up with tears. He goes, there she is. He says, I know underneath all that, keeping it up and happy and all. He says, underneath all that, there you are. And I said, I'm so grateful to have this job and I'm so thankful to you. And he goes, you've got the gig. And he says, and I, and he said that, I plan to see this show going 100 episodes, 100 episodes. And he said, I plan that these characters unfold and unfold and go on, you know, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it was devastating to me. And I know that I do know that he was very disappointed with the decision that happened. Okay, so let's let's circle around to this, what you're saying. So year three, right? You know, we all know the episodes. Probably you guys know the episodes even more now than, I mean, I can go back on all of them. Larry Sugar brought me into his office and said, you know, what would be, what would be really cool is that you're a songwriter, like le in legit in real life, that you and Molly, that, you know, like she always was writing with, right? Like Chris Gibson's thing. And like, she's always meeting all these different people and doing shows and stuff, right? And songs and everything, right? And I'm a manager, I'm a music manager. I'm not gonna be writing the songs and this and that, right? And Larry says to me that day, he goes, it'd be really cool if, we could develop you and Mac more in your thing as moms. And I actually, because I mean, I was full on legit single mama at the time. So I admit that I didn't really know everything I was doing. I mean, my daughter says to me now, she goes, you know, mom, I had this aha moment the other day because I realized that you as a new mom, everything was new. Everything was brand new. And I mean, I was like, raising her and going to set and like I didn't I didn't know everything right and I have a lot of honor and respect for I guess that's why because it's a big deal for me to want to build foundations like for any kind of 
person that's trying to raise kids and they're trying to work and life and you know I think about you know our third world countries and all that kind of stuff like god it's like it's really it's very profound so again not to go oh you know I'm a whining actor no I'm not that but at the time I admit I was overwhelmed and I also I also was hiding a lot of abuse that I have gone that I had gone through right so that that Henry saw all my incredible layers in me not knowing all the backstory so you know you, you don't really deal with stuff till maybe years after right and when Larry said that I thought oh my god I said to him I would love that and I said I could say to Mac or to Molly, I could say I'm writing in my journal and I've been trying songwriting. And then you see us do this amazing song together as mums and as girlfriends and as, um, let's say, you know, we didn't know what kind of women that those characters are. That's the other thing is, I mean, if we did the show now, right? I would have liked to see, I mean, I think there was that element in it, but it would have been nice to see like, <clears throat> okay, yeah, Irene is married to, she's a, she's a mom, she's a wife, but what else is she? Like what, you know, like, you know, like, is there like, is somebody on the show, like, you know, like I said, love is love is love. Like what, what is all those elements? It would have been so amazing. And so, and then I joked with him, I said, I'm not, I can't sing on the show. I said, because Molly, as in Mac, will hit me over the head with a microphone and say, excuse me, this is my territory, like in a funny way, right? And, but I think it, it would have been so poignant. And today in the bathroom, I did think this on my life. I thought, can you imagine if there was a reboot and the show actually started after everything we've all been through. Mac has her journey. I got my journey. Jimmy has his journey. Melissa has her journey. Kathy has, we all have our journeys and especially the last couple of years that we all lived through and all that stuff. Wouldn't it be unbelievable to start with those two characters and then expand from there still have all the other elements in it and bring a new energy to it we could bring the humor in and all that but we could bring it as very dramatic too as very like okay so and we could we could bring the past into the present moment and go let's say you might find irene we find out that Irene's gone through a lot of stuff. You know, we find out that Irene got a divorce, but she's still good friends with uh, Ned. We find out that Ned, right? There's, there's that element. We find out that Irene maybe is something else. And then we find out a journey of, of Molly's story and we bump into each other, like literally, like, oh my God. And, and like, we start, we start bringing back the past into the future, like that day that, you know, the tour stopped and, and we start telling the audience what happened, mm -hmm. you know, she, she, 
it can you imagine how unbelievable and how the audiences would take that now i know and, awesome. and, i would love that and we're not when i mean i don't want to use the word perfect but you know we're technically technically older and we've got our bits and our pieces lots has happened in the world we can bring all that back in but let's face it and i'm not saying it because i was on the show that show was ahead of its time and mm -hmm. and the writing and this the the you know i mean i wanted i admit i wanted i even said it to john <clears throat> i wanted to have them do a bigger exploration on the music end of things i did yeah i'm not saying that the music wasn't good uh but i wanted and, and, and as you guys all know we had different guest stars on which was really cool right um which was amazing and what we could do is bring that element back in and can you imagine the camaraderie between mac and i now bringing our real lives in. Um, the other person I loved and adored working with was Patrick. He's like, it's just, and again, anytime I worked with him, anytime you saw Irene getting scared from like a baby spider, that was legit. Cause I was like scared. <laughs> literally like anytime, like on the, when I was in the boat, like I was freaked out. And then, you know, I mean, of course, Henry, Henry is on Barry, and I don't know if any of you've seen, it's, it's an amazing show. I mean, it's an amazing show. And I love Henry because we look at Henry as a human being, as a lovey-dovey, right? Mm -hmm. But he's really edgy and Barry. And that's the kind of thing that I think that they could relaunch this, bringing in that kind of element. I mean, maybe we find out that some of the characters don't come back because they maybe there's i'm going to just throw it out there maybe there's a character that went to jail or somebody da da da, da. and like not to make it like oh my god this is terrible always bringing in the element of funniness and like because on con on the Connors, right they have dramatic they talk about a lot of serious subject matter but then there's like man they just throw those one-liners out right right yeah and all of us sitting here today, we need that. We've all been through so much. You know, you're, you're bringing all that in. Um, so I think that some of the characters may not be able to come back, but then we bring in other characters. Right, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, I mean, I think it would be amazing if the, some of the fans, like you're, okay, right here on this panel, I think it would be amazing to start throwing out storylines and start being part of it. You know, it's like a live audience, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you incorporate all that and all of a sudden it takes on a whole different element. And let's face it, there's always room for another show, right? Yeah. And I mean, I could see Matt, I could, I could see Mac and I, especially with what we've come through and this and that, it would be so authentic and uh eric i mean eric von detten was another one i loved and adored him i mean oh my god we had so much fun together um uh kara and I, I mean we we really worked really well together i i've never i haven't heard from her ever since the show 
<clears throat> so I don't even know if she's even doing anything. But again, you know, I mean, we're all creative. We all know that you can change characters up. We can, we can give them a backstory. We could put a spiritual element to it. I mean, I'm not talking relig religiosity. I'm talking, we could put all these elements in it. And so to answer the question in such a big way, I thought about that today in my bathroom. And, and I thought to myself, because I'm very intuitive and at times I get these psychic downloads. I thought, am I getting sent a message here? Like, would this be a possibility? You never know, right? The message mm -hmm. is to reboot so weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as you were talking, I wrote like a whole thing in my head. So it's like after season three, yeah, Irene ends up becoming like a huge exec at like a record label. But the reason why her and Molly run into each other is because Molly's mentoring Jack's daughter who is interested in being a singer. But as the show starts, she starts experiencing paranormal things. And then you guys kind of, you come back, they kind of rekindle their friendship. I don't know. I'm just, the idea is no, 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 no. That's so fantastic. You just like, you just wrote, you just create, oh my God, that's such, that is such a great storyline. It would be like, um, it would be great to see the, not all the pretty stuff, right? And, um, you know, like a cop where, you know, she doesn't have a relationship in her life. She might have a drinking thing. Um, I could just see Irene going, eh, you know. <laughs> um, um, you know, we find out, you know, there's a recovering you know, Irene recovered from something like Max characters or there's a recovering addict, like those kind of things. Right. And I think um, John Cooksey told us when we interviewed him, because the original season three that didn't end up happening, it, they changed the whole show. Um, they had an episode where it was going to focus on Mac or Molly being a recovering addict. But I think that was, you know, too too real or too much for Disney. So they were like, no, we're not doing that episode. So I don't know how those other, like, would some of them want to come back on the show? You never know. I mean, I think I, Alex said she would. Alex said she would. But then what if she's like the new Molly? So now she's trying to tour and maybe, yeah. maybe you're that huge exec, but she tries to pull you on as a manager. I mean, I don't know. We could, that's why there's a team of writers, right? It could yeah. be amazing though. But, but but we could bring in all the attic elements and recovering and Eric Von Detten, I don't know, is he acting anymore? Um, I think he was at the recent Toy Story premiere and I think he might have done a little bit of voice work for that film. They brought him back for all the Toy Stories. Yeah. Whether it was one liner. He done Toy Story. Yeah. Um, but I think I think more so he works, he's not in the acting field. He does he does another type of job. He's, you know what? He's funny. We had so much. We got along really well on set. We had so much fun. And we did have that scene. What episode is that where we were all sitting around the table? And I got to use the kicking because um, Dave Squatch, it was like all six of us, right? So when it's like us on Zoom, like we're, there's all these people talking, and you got two lines, and Jimmy's got two lines, and you got a line. And sometimes, you know, people forget things, right? And Dave sometimes was tired, right? Like we all were like grinding the hours, right? 
And yeah. so he sometimes would forget his lines. It was so funny, but we, I ended up um, like uh, kicking him once under the table. And I know that that's rude. And then after, <laughs> and I said to him, I'm sorry, I because I wore cowboy boots. I'm sorry I did that, but I, and he says, no, no, no. He goes, he was really funny. He had such a, he has such a heart of gold. He goes, no, no, no. I need you to do that. He said, because I need that timing kick. And I went, oh, okay. So we're okay. Right. But Mac didn't know that him and I had that conversation, but she, we, we had to really film that scene a lot. Right. Cause it's like close up. Sure. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I think it was Rick Stevenson that was directing that day, but anyway, so we go again and I'm kicking and then I'm kicking um, Eric and, and Eric's character goes, mom, mom, oh, quit kicking me. And then <laughs> I, I somehow kicked, I kicked Ned too hard and Mac, it was priceless. She actually, it was not written in the script. She goes, Irene, stop kicking your family. <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah. And we heard that was an improvisation. That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. And then we finished. And then the director, like sometimes the directors, I think on that show, would be like, um, what's going Like, do we need to direct? Because like, we'll direct the cameras, but clearly you guys got something else going on, right? Right. <laughs> and, and then of course, John and Allie, they would see these, it's like a magic moment, right? You, you can't, so I think, Yes, to add, to really button that question. And I think it would be incredible to do a reboot. And let's face it, there's a lot of shows out there. There's a lot of really good shows. There's a lot of not so good shows, right? But I think it would be pretty incredible. I don't know if John would, or Allie. I mean, and of course, like, Jimmy can come on writing it. I mean, we could all, I, I'm, I'm serious about that. Like the creativity that could happen. I mean, again, you've got to get network approval. You got to do all that. Okay. There's all that stuff, but let's face it. It always starts with the idea, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the idea, the cat cathedral, my Michael Beckwith, Jimmy, right. Said, uh, was it last week? He said the idea you're, a, you're, you're an idea cathedral. You got to start with the idea and yeah, it's tough to get financing. It's tough in the in the sea of streaming and show mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Oh God, we're gonna do another show. But I always believe, I do believe in faith and miracles and possibilities. You just never know. And it really was an incredible show. And when they canceled it, I think they canceled it before it really got into the really more and more juicy bits right yeah that's what i think that my character and max character we were just getting into that element like they develop those characters and then there's backstories and then you know we could find out what irene's backstory is what really is molly's backstory we find out some of the characters we could bring in some really heavy stuff with, with the humor because mm -hmm. there's, I'm just going to say it, 
because we've all had that person and we've all known like there's the suicidal thing. There's all those important subject matters. I think that it could be all brought in in a very um, creative, seamless way without it being cliche and being yeah. copy, right? Because, oh my God, I can only imagine right now to walk into a room of me and Max sitting down together because we've never had that conversation after all these years. Mm -hmm. And because of what I've gone through and come through and because of what she's gone through, Mm -hmm. it's like all of us right now I mean there's a lot to share yeah I feel oh, like yeah. back then um it was kind of big to have like okay Fee was the girl lead right and then they did focus a lot on the adults and their hardships like yeah Molly's husband died and that and she showed her emotions right she wasn't just like the parents you know you don't care about the parents they did show their emotions and I I can imagine now like that would be, I don't know, more valued or something than it was back then. I, and I know it probably was back then, but I feel like now you could serialize the show more and really like off of Disney, maybe get into more of that. And I think mm -hmm. with writing, like with John and Allie, they knew how to throw, throw in the humor and the funny and the scary stuff to tie it in. Well, and like I said, like, I mean, they knew that like there were times when Henry when we did the Halloween um here's Henry right now I'll show you look that's the Henry that's the uh, <laughs> Halloween episode there and yeah so I'm holding a bag of ice because I had um I actually hurt my foot on the show I was on crutches right and oh really yeah so I pushed off my my foot and so like when you're signed on a show like in any job you know, they don't want you jumping off mountains on your days off because you're flipping insured. And they're like, like, uh, I think it was Eric uh, Lively that had some mishaps because he, was it Eric Lively or Eric Von Detten? One of them went snowboarding because there's big snowboarding here in skiing. I mean, I don't do any of that stuff. I mean, I like to be in a hot tub, but um, <laughs> I can just see Irene in a hot tub. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Hey. Hey, totally. yeah, like, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, right. And um, he came to set and his face was hacked up. And they were like, because they, you know, they both, let's face it, they're both really look good looking guys. And I mean, Eric Von Detten, like, he is like really cutie patootie. As a matter of fact, <laughs> right? He's like a cute. So, so on here where they had to build the cell phone on my head, and like what Kathy just said right now, like they wrote ahead of their times and they were just scratching the surface. Let's fast forward to 2022. Who knew how many cell phones we'd all be having now? I mean, right. you talk about the emotional part of it. Like, let's face it. Like we talk about a lot more stuff now in the open, like about narcissism, mm -hmm. sociopathy, psychopath like there's a lot more tabling of a lot more stuff so i think it would be amazing but i remember that halloween show because i'm not okay i'm not a big halloween person just to let you know yeah sorry sorry to disappoint the fans but 
<laughs> I, I like I like puppy dogs and kitty cats and I like like little fairies and like I like angels and I do not like anything that's like super violent and you know the whole Halloween thing when we were filming it I was scared because there was first of all we're filming on Halloween there's a as you as we all know <clears throat> there's a vibe in the air on Halloween there is but on that episode, and Henry was wild on that episode. He He's, was. <laughs> oh my God. I have, I'll have to find the photos, but he freaked me out. And like, I kept saying to, because Mac had a little bit more oomph in her when it came to handling stuff like that. Like she was pretty good at that. Like <clears throat> I was more scaredy cat. Like here's Irene. Yeah. You know, the music, man. we could put that into the storyline too, because I was like, Oh, like it freaked me out. And I would always be like, I'm just going to stay in the kitchen. I'm not moving from the kitchen, even though we're not filming, I'm not walking outside. And when we start filming, I'll be right here. That's how scared I was. And Mac was like, come on now. Like Mac was a little bit more, I don't know, she could handle that stuff, right? And same with the kids. <clears throat> you know, Dave, who knows? I mean, Dave probably could have a tarantula going, ah, uh, Dave, there's a there's a tarantula on your head. Did you know? Oh, I didn't know that, right? <laughs> it's a phobia. But, yeah. I've heard of that. Like people in costumes. I'm really scared of like things. I love animatronic stuff in films, but if I see something animatronic, I steer clear. Or like if it's somebody in a big costume, I, I can't stand mascots or like when they're wearing face makeup and stuff. Like, yeah, I stay in on Halloween, but I do love Halloween, but yeah, yeah. it's too scary. I can't see who you are, you know, like. Well, that's the thing. And, and um, uh, that's what I love about animated series because some of the, I did uh, years ago, I did uh, Clash of the Titans and I did X-Men. And of course, I mean, let's face it in animated shows, there's a lot of stuff like that, right? But for some mm -hmm. reason, I'm not scared. Like if anything, I love playing like, ah, I love playing those characters. I think it's the visual feeling of it, right? Like seeing that, right? Because I have yeah. been offered over the years certain types of characters. And I would say to my agent, I, I can't, I literally, I can't play that. And he goes, you're an actor, you can play. I'm like, but you're not acting, it's an energy. It's a, there's certain things that I, I couldn't do. Mind you though, now that I've come through some very difficult things, what I do currently like on this particular new project, I get to take someone that I know that was a horrible human being, like there's a psychopathic element, there's all that stuff and I get to channel that into a character. That's cool, right? That is cool, yeah. I mean, Sweet. but I, yeah, but that Halloween special was on, wow. <laughs> that was an incredible episode and. I love the cell phone that was going through your head though. <laughs> and I was like, I told you Kathy the other day, I'm very claustrophobic and I like to know my space. And it was a big, I, I mean, I, I meditated then, but not like I do now. And I, 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 I know how to ground myself and everything now, but I was, 
when they had to build that thing on me, it was not easy. Like, you know, like in Marvel series and stuff like that, I really respect when they, they got to build all that stuff onto somebody. Right. But it was, mm -hmm. but anyways, Jimmy, those are incredible ideas. I think they're amazing. your mouth to God's ear, your mouth to God's ear. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't, yeah. maybe you guys can <clears throat> tell me, I don't know if Disney really even has a show like that right now. I don't think they do. Mm -mm. Oh no. And it's actually that whole synchronicity thing. It's insane for us because like, if I could just say when I was a teenager, I wrote an entire story and it was called So Weird Obsession. And it was actually about Jimmy like coming in and having to rewrite that V left and Alex came in. Um, that was like my idea. Then all these years later, we end up inadvertently doing this podcast. We're like the most passionate fans about this show, right? And as soon as we wrapped the review for the final 65th episode, we got the show. They had like never released it ever. Oh, we never right, even got yeah. a soundtrack. It was not, it was not on any DVD. It was just kind of recorded badly uploaded on YouTube. So we just had to remember mm. those episodes and review them. And then at the very end, there's Disney plus streaming and they're adding so weird. And we're like, Oh, but so weird came like, it was like this synchronicity. It was just like a coincidence. Oh. It was amazing. Yeah. But Hey, you know, I mean, now, like, right, there's all kinds of net this and this and network right. here. And, you know, you never know, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I would like to bring in the reboot really hip and happening music. Like, really. Oh, yeah. Right? Original music, too. I think that's kind of a thing with the show that was a staple. It was original music. You know, um, speaking of, like, music, Kat has another question. She asks all the, our interviewees. She asks, what song, like in general, any song, do you think best captures Irene's personality? Oh my. And that's God. a big question. So sometimes it's like, you can think about it if you want. That is a big question. Because, I mean, music is, when my mom suddenly passed, I was actually in the middle of creating a very quiet project. And it was the album that I've never done. And it was the music that I've written for years that I've always wanted. And it wasn't about, you know, recognition and all this. It was about sharing this music that I have gone through and lived. And a fella came in from Nashville. He's not from Nashville. He's actually originally um, was born here, but, um, I met him through a friend and uh, I was in the middle of, it was a very, it was like what we're doing right now where Jimmy came up with an idea. Like we, he, this guy was not used to creating right on the moment. So let's say right now, Melissa and Jimmy and Kathy and me, let's say we get together again, we do a Zoom session and we, we do a collaborative like, uh, you know, creating like, you know, okay, well, we'll start with that idea and we'll start with that idea. And we're just kind of streaming. My friend, I told my friend to record everything that was going on in a room. So let's say we're, okay, we're on Zoom right now and we're recording everything, but then you're gonna go and do the editing and the homework after, right? And when I started as a songwriter, I still have it here I have a cassette player 
and I would just put the cassette player on and me and my uh, Bob, I mean, we would write and we would even forget that it was being recorded and we would just like, you know, stream and create and like ideas. And then he'd go home and then, you know, two o'clock in the morning, I'd listen to what we were doing all day long. I'd be in the bathtub going, oh my God, there's the verse. Like, mm -hmm. oh, like what Jimmy said, oh, there's the this, oh, oh. And then I like, we, we start putting it together, right? I still, I still work like that. That's why they did let me improvise on so weird, but I didn't really, I didn't really like the writing was so good. Right. And so like I already explained, like I didn't, um, cause there's some actors sometimes that go, they always need to kind of rewrite everything and it doesn't need to be rewritten you know it's really good as it is right mm -hmm. yeah i don't uh, it's kind of an ego element and i don't really dig that right um when something's good it's good but i'm you know i'm quirky and and like so john always same thing happened on kung fu they would just they watch you right or they get to know jimmy get to know melissa and you know, they kind of, we, oh, oh, Kathy likes that. And they, they start working that in, right? So one day, and back to this music that you're talking about, he was tuning his guitar. And I think this would be great in this show. And I said, what did you just do? I see. And he goes, what? And I said, just keep, just keep playing that on a loop. Just that. And he goes, because sometimes in Nashville, um, not all the time, but they, you know, they get together and okay, well, we're going to write and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And, but again, not everybody's like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's amazing people there too, amazing people everywhere, but I like to create and see what happens. And he got into a little bit of a bad habit and he just goes, I said, you just keep playing that. And then I just started singing. And my, I mean, I was bawling my face off as I was singing because I wanted to film the making of this album, but I wasn't ready then to have a camera in the room because I'm, I'm, open, I'm open to you guys, but I am very deeply sensitive and I didn't want a camera in my face, right? So I thought if we record all the talking and everything, then what we can do later on, we can actually reenact all that stuff, right? And this beautiful music came. It's just like it gets sent to you, right? And it's just like, wow. Mm -hmm. And I looked over in the corner and there's Rod. And I mean, he's a he's an incredible player. He was like weeping. And I didn't say, oh, you're crying. And we just kind of did it, was over. And then that night, he likes hockey. We went to go see a hockey game because he likes the Nashville Predators. And we went out, we had a couple of beers. And, um, and then he told me the story about Dirks. And I said, you know, you're hurt. And I said, you know, I understand about being creatively hurt because it's no different than you're a human being and you're a soul. And I, and I talked about so weird and I talked about some other shows and I said, I was so deeply hurt when it got canceled. Like I was like, it was like losing, like it, it wasn't, I mean, yes, there was the element of <clears throat> taking care of me and my daughter it was the element that we had something you can feel it right you we mm -hmm. had right it's like with a person like if we like us like we have a good vibe together. 
we had something really special in that show. You're like, ooh, wow, this could really be something. Like you can feel mm. it. And you're the best you can do is stay on that surfboard and go, okay, right. let's see what happens, right? That's like in anything in life. So it really was upsetting. And and also financially too, like let's say you're not working for a long time. And then all of a sudden you get a big show. And then all of a sudden that big show cancels. And then you're going, and let's say you don't do another show for a year or two or whatever it may be. You're like, oh, oh boy, now I gotta, now what? Right? There's there's all that, right? Let's say, like, let's say yeah. you're you're a big executive and you're making all this money and now you can't pay the tax. You know what I mean? Like there's right. there's variables, right? But more, more importantly, though, I was creatively hurt. And that's how I connected with Rod. And I ended up, we were both, we were both valuable for each other. And I helped him go through, I said, you have to grieve it. Because I actually had to grieve the whole so weird thing. Mm-hmm. And I think, because I shared it with Jimmy. I think that's why I hesitated for a while to talk about it. Now I'm like, yeah, I mean, now it's just like, I, I, I think, oh, I could talk about all of it. And then at that time when my mom suddenly passed away, I'll never forget that day. I just went, I don't want to do music. I don't want to do anything ever. I was just, I don't know, I just shut down. Mm-hmm. And I had people step up for me because usually I'm the person that, no, come on, Jimmy, come on, Kathy, come on, Melissa, like, you know, like, come on, I'm there for you. And I never, I realized I needed that. And um, I had friends say, you got to press play. You got to, you got to go forward. I'm like, no, no. I did go to Nashville for two months. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a lot of crying there, a lot of writing. Um, I mean, I sat in the Ryman and when Vince Gill came on and I was okay, you know, cause we're talking about this question about music and I'm, I'm thinking that I think that Irene would be a multitude of songs, a multitude of music, because just like I've experienced, I remember sitting at the Ryman and Vince Gill was singing who I love and adore and his wife Amy and it was Christmas it was a Christmas show and I was I was okay and I was sitting by myself and there was you know people there but I was by myself and then from the back of the Ryman they had all these young teenagers playing violins playing Silent Night and I lost my shit and I literally I did. I, 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 I actually doubled over on the bench because my mom and I, that's our song. And because Irene, right, her element was always bang, 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 bang. But I think to bring in those softer elements like that, because like I'm like Lizzo, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and Earth, Wind and Fire. And, you know, and like we did a country episode right on the show. Like that yeah. was... And of course, Irene always wore her cowboy boots. That was a big deal for me, right? She wore a cute hat too. 
always <laughs> that country one. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, and, and that was, I think they used my real Stetson because I'm like, I love all that. I mean, you have no idea how many uh, Kawa boots I have. So um, I think it would be layered because when I think of that real life moment, I was literally <laughs> doubled over physically in the pew because you know how through grieving you don't quite grieve at first i mean jimmy you know that and probably melissa knows and kathy you don't grieve at first right you're and you like, never recover like it goes on forever you know like and it's highs yeah. and lows yeah yeah i mean i'm you know absolutely and um like if someone says oh well it's been that like that long like you know no and uh, i love that person you know yeah i love that person yeah you know yeah. i have so i was sobbing in that moment back to the question and all of it this would be a great thing in this in in the reboot <laughs> i think it would be great if irene went because i did i went to go seal i i actually celebrate other you you'd be surprised how many musicians don't go to see other people's shows i do mm -hmm. And um, in that two month timeline, just after mom passed, cause my mom was all about music. My mom helped a lot of musicians and um, she would bake. And then from her money she would make in bake sales, she would help violinists go and study in Vienna. So that's why oh. when the, yeah. That's why when the violins came, it would be a great moment in the show where I always, and I would go like, you know, two, I would go like one o'clock in the morning to go see bands on uh, Broadway in Nashville. But I'm like, you know, I'm like Irene in those moments. I got my cowboy boots on, I got my baseball cap on. And, you know, I'm like, I got my vibe together. I remember this one guy, he came up to me, he goes, excuse me, ma'am. And I went, and I was, I was studying a, a drummer. This, this is right out of the uh, So Weird episode. Remember that so weird episode when I took that drummer, the his sticks? Do you remember Bagpipes. That? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite line. <laughs> Bagpipes. Oh, my God. Okay. Just to let everyone know and the fans know, that's another real moment because we were filming that day and this young kid, he was a great drummer, but he didn't understand the fact that he's not supposed to be actually hitting the... Mm -hmm drums and eric for von the sound Detten. department yeah and eric von detten and i are trying to and eric oh my god he's like your mom you know and he's trying to oh irene and i always like when he called me irene instead of mom irene and he's yelling at me and like john and them are in video village and i'm like because it's all about irene always had this element in her of music and i'm like and we're trying we're in the middle of a scene and again instead of going like i would never say cut because that's for the director to say but i just went i literally walked over and like eric's going okay i think we're improvising like and he's so funny <laughs> he's like going what's going on and i just i grabbed his sticks and i go you know what why don't you try a bag type uh, pipes next time right mm -hmm. and then we end it and john was over <laughs> he said um you uh you okay today i went yeah it's just really loud right? <laughs> and i and, and i said and i don't want to do this in adr right like adr right, right? 
because mm -hmm. we do ADR afterwards, but sometimes you can't get that same vibe, right? Mm -hmm. And so the kid, it wasn't his fault. Nobody told him. Back to this question about music. We bring that in. I think Irene was everything. I think she was, and I think she would be everything now in that that moment we could see Irene where secretly she's going to all these bars and pubs and seeing like going to the Ryman and seeing all these shows. And she's like, you know, we find out some backstories, maybe, you know, like maybe there's, like I said, the divorce or um, maybe one Carrie's of her passing. I'm all Carrie's passing. <laughs> oh my God, you and I. <laughs> I was just going to say that you and me. Yeah. And, and something tragic in that. So she's kind of keeping it, but she's not together. And in that moment, can you imagine if we shot at the rhyme and, or like, like that, because we had all those elements and I never forget that I was like, just sobbing. I was not in a good way. And this woman slides beside me and this other woman slides beside me. And she had a really thick accent. She says, gives me Kleenex. She says, I got you. She says, oh. you, you keep crying there, sister. I got you. And then this other one came, I got you too. And I went, uh, uh, and I didn't want to make noise because they're, they're doing all the, vi it was very loud, the violin. And I said, I, I, my mom is in, in here. And she goes, your mom is with me. And the other lady says, and your mom is inside of me. I mean, if, wow. that's super, if that's not supernatural. I just got chills. Yeah. I just got chills. That's yeah. supernatural. And they held me for the rest of the show. Like, whoa. Yeah. I have some. And it was just, so I think what would be great, I think Irene is loud, like loud, like she loves her, like, uh, what's that song? Um, Don't stop believing. Like, she's mm -hmm. that. She's rock, she's soul. She's like Lucinda Williams, sad country. I think that she loves music so much and she became a manager because we find out that, you know, her own music got poo-pooed because we maybe we find out that back then they didn't want a certain type of woman to be singing that kind of stuff I was that's literally my idea yeah like I was gonna say that but yeah I think like now at this time in her life she starts reminiscing that like I always wanted to be a singer but then I went into the management side because I got creatively hurt you know but yeah I totally had that idea too yeah so and I think you know a lot of people's um defense of being like you know very like either stoic or very like on the ball or a little harsh like fierce sometimes I there's always that vulnerability like well, you know what is that projecting I wonder for Irene right it, you know it is true and I believe this too um it would be great to like I said we did sort of touch on those elements the first three seasons to Let's say touch on that a little bit deeper. You know, you know what, what we're all saying, right? Right, I, I, right. I think it would be fantastic. And so to really answer that, I think that Irene is not one song. 
I think she's not one melody. I don't think she's one verse and I don't think she's one lyric. You know, I think she's multitude of things. Stay tuned for part two, where Belinda answers submitted fan questions. And thanks for listening.